You're listening to the weekly podcast of Citizens Church with Pastor Chris Norman. For more information on the work that God is doing through Citizens Church, please visit us online at citizenschurch.org. Before you get to what you think you need God to get done, thank you for what He's already done. God, God, thank you. Thank you for the provision I already have. Thank you for the roof over my head. Thank you for community, people I get to do life with. God, thank you for what you're doing in our church. God, thank, just thank God for what he's already done. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. As you posture yourself in God's presence, the more you spend time recognizing who it is you're talking to and who it is that's taking care of you, the less concerned you'll be about everything that's facing you. Last week we learned that prayer is powerful. Do you believe it? You believe it? Say Amen. Prayer is powerful. So we talked about the power of prayer. <clears throat> we also last week, remember, do you remember this? We talked about, come on, what was the other thing? The power of prayer and the posture of prayer. The posture of prayer. Like, this is the posture of prayer. This is, this is how I come before God. There's a, there's a posture. And if we get the right posture, this is, this is, it's not my kingdom come. It's not my, God, it's your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as in it. God, it's about you, Lord. Not, not my will, but your will. There's power in this place in, in prayer. So we don't come to God with just a list of things I need you to do. It's coming to God going, God, I submit to everything you want to do because all that you want to do is better than I could ever imagine wanting to do. Amen. Like his vision is bigger than my vision. You know, his vision for your life is bigger than your vision for your life. His vision for our church is bigger than our vision for our church. And our vision and my vision is just to get on page with God's vision. That's the best vision you could ever have. So the posture of prayer taps you into the power of prayer. But here's what I want to talk about today in the time that we have left. It's, it's how to pray. And I, I just am convinced that there's a lot of people who don't pray not because they don't want to pray, but rather because they don't know how to pray. Like, they've never been taught. I, I think sometimes we kind of think, everyone knows how to pray. But the reality is, not everyone knows how to pray. And, and so I just want to take some time and, and teach you how to pray. If you need a P, because we did power of prayer, and then we, we did posture of prayer. If you need a P, it's practice a prayer, Okay. What does it look like in practice? And so here's what I'm going to do. I want to ask you to take notes because I'm going to make it very simple and very memorable so everyone has a way to pray when you go to pray. So up front, let me say this. Take your notes. Prayer is simply, it's talking with God. Like, I don't want to overcomplicate prayer. We shouldn't overcomplicate it. Prayer is talking with God. Um, and to talk with God, listen, you don't have to have a specific formula to talk with God. Just talk to God. Like my kids, when they come talk to me, they don't have to, have to follow a certain way. and They just, just come talk to me. Just, I, what God wants in prayer is he wants your heart. He just wants you to talk to him. Amen? He wants to hear from you. So I need you to understand you don't have to have a specific formula. Just talk to God. But I do think having a guide can help you be a little more intentional in your prayer life. Okay, and so with that in mind, we've actually put together some prayer guides that we've made free and available to you out at the orange tent or out the connect tent, the black tent that says connect um, on it. There's some prayer guides that we've printed out that have all the different types of prayer that the Bible talks about that have been outlined for us. And I, I just encourage you to get a hold of that prayer guide and pray through the way that the Bible outlines these different types of prayer. What happens is 
is it, it helps you be a little more intentional when you have a guide. Does that make sense? So I, I don't want you to hear this and think, I, I better do this the right way. Like, I just want you to talk to him. And here's what else I want you to stand is that, do you know that you can pray? You can pray anytime. You can pray any place. Right? Like anytime. You can pray morning. You can pray noon. You can pray, pray at night. You can pray in between morning and noon and in between. You can pray, you can pray at any time. Do you know you can pray any place? Like there's not a, like you, you don't have to have a specific place. You can pray any, you can pray at home. You can pray at work. You can pray in your car while you're driving to work. You can, you can pray, you can pray at school. Pastor Chris, they said there's no prayer in school. You can pray at school. Like as long as there's tests, there will be prayer in school. Come on somebody, amen. So you, can, you, you can pray, listen, anytime and any place, but... With that said, and I think you should, you need to pray anytime, any place. Matter of fact, Jesus said, remain in me. Remember John 15? In other words, like, don't just check in with me, remain in me. Let's walk together through the day. Uh, the scripture also says, pray always. Like, just you're always talking to God. But I also want to say to you this. If, if you're going to experience the power of prayer, I actually think there is a specific place of prayer and a specific time of prayer. Where do I get that? You know, Jesus, although we pray at any time and any place, Jesus talked about a specific place. Do you remember what he said over in the book of Matthew, chapter six? Jesus said this, when you pray, watch what he said, go into your room, and when you have, someone say, shut the door. Someone say, shut the door. It's kind of fun. Pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who is in the secret place will reward you openly. See, Jesus is talking about a, a secret place, and where is that place? Well, here in this context, he says it's a room, but here's what I think is most important. It's, it's a place where you shut the door. You have got to find, I have got to find a place where I can shut the door. What's that mean? That means I, I block out all the noise of the world that's around me. I, I, I shut the door on everything that's trying to grab my attention. I, I shut the door on all the destruction. I shut the door and I just get intentional with some time with my God. I shut the door. It's the place where I stop and I realize, as, as, as the Bible says, that, that he is God. And I be still and know that I am God, the Bible says. So I need to be still before him. And see, that's a particular type of place, isn't it? Because I'm driving in the car. I got stuff going on. I, I got, you know, I'm, I'm like, I got my, my phone's going. I got, but this is a place you need to create for yourself that Jesus talks about here where you, you get intentional and you, you quiet everything else out and you're going to spend some time with God. And he, listen to what he says. The father who sees in that secret place or in that quiet place, in that spot where you've shut the door, the father who sees in secret will start moving in the open. He'll meet you behind the closed door, and those closed doors will start leading to open doors. When, when, when you get with God here, he starts showing up all out there, you see? And I think there's a lot of people that don't know how to get here. And maybe you haven't done it in a long time, or maybe you never have. Maybe you've never told you need to. And so you've seen prayer as something you just kind of do hit and miss when things are on fire in your life. Oh, God. Oh, God, it's on fire. Oh, God, work. Oh, God. And you see prayer as this kind of thing you just do. No, no, listen. Prayer is that and finding a place. Finding a place. Someone say find a place. I want to challenge you to find a place. So there's a specific place. I could pray any place at any time, but there's also a specific place. 
And I do think that there's a specific time. Listen and watch what Jesus shows us here in Mark chapter 1, verse 35. What's it tell us? Very early in the morning, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, he left the house, and went out to a solitary place. There's this place, solitary place, he closes the door, where he prayed. He went out to a solitary place at a specific time, specific place, specific time, very early in the morning. Now, I don't think it has to be the morning. I, I, I don't think it's necessary that it's a morning time thing. I just think it's important that it's a consistent time thing. You've got to find a consistent time where you're getting into this place. So it tells us Jesus did that in the morning. I actually like the mornings. I, I think it's a, a great time. I, I think what you do in the, in the, at the start of your day will actually impact the rest of your day. You with me, right? Like what you do first has the potential to, to touch and to bless the rest, or what you do first could actually hurt the rest depending on what it is you're doing first, right? You wake up, and if the first thing you do is get all the worries in front of you, and you're checking your Instagram, and you, you got all the, you catching up on your emails and looking at how much money is not in your bank account, I'm telling you, you are not going to have a good day. You walk around stressed. But if you get up first and you pray, it's going to set the trajectory of your day. Some of you say, I like to pray at night. Great. That's fine. Why don't you pray morning and evening? It don't hurt. So find a specific time and, and find a specific place where you're going to spend some time with God. Now I'll make it real practical. Tatum and I in our home, I've shared this with you before. I just need you to see it because everyone's different. Tatum wakes up. Typically, I beat her about one or two days a week, but she wakes up before me. She's my alarm clock. She wakes up. How do I wake up? I kid you not. This has been the same way. We've been married 25 years. Every day, every day for 25 years, I've woken up to Tatum opening up her dresser drawer, and I hear it. That's my alarm clock. And she gets out her Bible, and she sits up in bed. She gets out her journal, and I hear the pages of Scripture starting to open, and I hear her starting to journal. And she's praying, I hear her praying, I hear her just, she's spending time with God next to me in bed. And I don't do that. I try to do that. I, I'm like, I'm a, I'm a, shoot, that's like, that's pretty spiritual. You know, I'm like, she's just up first thing like this, like, and I try it, but I'm like, God, I love you, but that pillow, that pillow is just so soft. God, I love you, but, and I'm just struggling, Right? So, you know, what I've got to do is she does that, and I hear that. I'm like, okay. Now, I get up. My feet hit the ground. i got to go downstairs. i got to make myself some coffee, everybody. i got to get coffee. I'm just going, God, coffee, please. Can I just have some coffee? I have coffee. I go make coffee. I make my coffee. I, I, start, I have that first, that first sip of coffee in the morning. Thank you, God. It's so good. And I get my Bible, and I get my journal. And I go and sit. I got a little spot on the couch. You know it's my spot on the couch because it's, it's a little more indented than the rest of the spots on the couch. That's my spot on the couch. And I sit there in the morning and I spend time with God. We both have different places, a little bit different time, but we both have specific places, specific time. I want to challenge you, listen to me as we go into this week, the rest of this prayer and fasting time together. Find a specific place and find a specific time, Okay. When you find your specific place and you find your specific time, when you're, when you're engaging with God, when you get to that place, what do you do? And I, I want to make this 
as simple as I can, but I also want to make it as profound as I can because some of you are like, I want a little bit more than simple. But I just think we got to start simple because so many people don't know what to do when they go to prayer. Get the prayer guide, but I also want to give you something, okay? When you get to your specific time at your specific place, what you're going to do is you're going to pray. Just pray. Oh, let me help you. Ready? Pray. P dot R. Next slide. Dot A dot Y. I know it's cheesy when pastors do this, but I'm helping you out. P, what do we do? We get into God's presence. Take some notes, write this down. The very first thing we're gonna do when we go to pray, I'm gonna challenge you to do it this week, even in your prayer life, in your prayer life, is you get into God's presence, okay? See, prayer always starts with getting into or acknowledging God's presence. You know, it's, it's funny you hear people say sometimes, you say, God be with me today. Have you, have you ever prayed that? You hear people like, God be with me. Can I just help you out real quick? God is with you. I get the sediment, but you're not gonna, you're not gonna, you can't ditch God. He is with you. Listen to what it says in Psalm 139. Psalm 139 says, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I flee from your presence? If I go to the heavens, you're there. If I make my bed in the depths, you're there. If I rise on the wings of the dawn, if I settle on the far side of the sea, even there your hand will guide me, your right hand will hold me fast. God is always with you. His presence is always with you with you, but something happens when you go to pray, when we say get into God's presence, what that means is I'm going to acknowledge his presence. I'm going to be present in God's presence. You see, something powerful happens when you just acknowledge God's presence. This is what we're saying, is that before I seek God's face, I want you to write this down, or before I seek God's hand, I'm going to seek God's face. Hear that again. Before I go and seek God's hand, God, would you do this? Would you move there? And God, would you help? And oh, no, that's on fire. And God, before I do all that, I'm going to seek God's face. Listen to what scripture says in Psalm 20, 27, verse 8. Psalm 27, 8 says, when you said, seek my face, my heart said to you, your face, Lord, I will seek. Now, what happens when we are seeking somebody's face? We're, we're trying to engage with them, to look at them in the eyes. You ever, you ever see a child with a parent? And the parent's not paying attention to them. They're holding their baby. They're holding their child. And that child grabs the face like, Mom, Mom, would you look at me? And they're like trying to talk to you. Mom, have you seen that? What's the child doing? Going, Mom, I need you to be present with me. I, I need your eyes. I need your face. Or, or, or a father with a, with a child. The child's running around and kind of doing that. Come here, come here, come here. Just kind of just grab their face. Look at me. I, I want to engage with you. I want to be present with you. And this is God inviting you just to be present with him just to get in that moment where you stop and recognize that he's with you. And that's so powerful. Everything changes in the presence of God. So here's what you do. Put on some worship music. Wasn't it great worship this morning? Like, I just, everything, you came in here all stressed and worried and I don't know. And, I just, and then you just get into God's presence. You're like, it's going to be Okay. God's on the throne and like everything changes when you get into God's presence because you realize he's bigger than all the stuff I carried in here and I don't know how he's going to work it all out, but, but he's going to, he's got, everything changes in the presence of God. Here's, and when, in worship as you just adore him and cry out to him, but here's the problem is you can't take our worship team home with you. I mean, I'm sure, but here's what you can do is you can put some worship on and what I do is I, come on, I'd be real practical with you. I put on, it's called, 
It's called Bethel Without Words. If you know me, that, and you hear Bethel Without Words playing, is at, I don't like having all the words because it sometimes distracts me. I just like to hear worship. And I'll, I'll sit in worship and just everything changes. And here's what you do, getting in the presence of God. I want you in the presence of God as you're worshiping, you got the music playing. Come on, you just start praising God. If you need another P to go with presence, you could put praise, because I believe praise leads you into his presence. And so you praise God. What's, what's that look like? You just start acknowledging his character. Just sit there before God, before you get to your list and everything else, you go, God, I just want to stop and thank you. I want to thank you that you're an almighty God, that you're a, you're a sovereign God, that you're, you're a merciful God. God, I, I thank you for, for your grace upon my life. God, I, I thank you for your provision. God, I, I thank you, God, that, that you, 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 you've given me breath in my lungs. I thank you, God, that you, and you just stop. And what's happening is you're looking into his eyes. You're not just looking for his hand. You're going to spend time just praising you because, God, you're good. God, you're so good. And you know what will happen in those moments as you're acknowledging who is? I just, try this too. Try, try thanking God for what he has done. I know you got a whole bunch of stuff you need him to get done. But before you get to what you think you need God to get done, thank him for what he's already done. God, God, thank you. Thank you for the provision I already have. God, thank you for the roof over my head. Thank you for a community of people I get to do life with. God, thank you for what you're doing in our church. God, thank, just thank God for what he's already done. Here's what happens. Here's what happens. As you posture yourself in God's presence, the more you spend time recognizing who it is you're talking to and who it is that's taking care of you, the less concerned you'll be about everything that's facing you. Because you start to realize that I live in a different context. This is so powerful. I want to help you get there. I operate my life in a context that is so different than the context of those who do not know God. You see, I do not operate my life in the context of the chaos and the uncertainty of this world. No, I stand in the presence of God and I operate my life in the context of a God who is over it all, a God who sees it all, a God who cares for me, a God who goes before me, a, a God who is guiding me. You see, I live my life in the context of God. Do you remember how Jesus taught his disciples to pray, remember this, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. What's happening? They're just getting themselves in this place where they realize God is the context. He's the one I live my life in front of. He's the one I live my life before. You see, I don't have to have it all figured out because he does. Like, when I can't get it done, he can. When I'm weak, he's strong. When I'm faithless, he will continue to be faithful. You see, come on, we need to spend more time in God's presence. So this isn't just quickly, it's, it's just, come on, getting into God. Someone say presence. Presence, 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 presence. You're going to love this next one. I know you are. It's a word a lot of people are afraid of, but I want to help you. We're going to get into his presence and then repent. Repent. So I think a lot of people, they hear the word repent like it's such a scary word. And you think it's a scary word because you picture some on fire old school preacher yelling, repent. You don't repent. We're going to lock the doors until you repent. Right? You got to turn and burn. You're going to cry a fry. Right? We're going <laughs> to repent. 
And he's afraid of this word repentance. But, but what you need to understand, repentance is nothing to be afraid of. Repentance is actually a beautiful gift. You know what repentance means? It means that you get the opportunity to turn Godward. Like, like to change my direction, to change my mind. I, I get to turn to him. I, I, I get to align my life with God once again. It is a beautiful word because you see, friends, if we go on through our life not repenting, if we go on through our life choosing not to turn to God, then our hearts become darkened. Our hearts become dirty. You know what I'm talking about? Listen to what Psalm 51.10 says this. It says, create in me a what? Clean heart. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. I want you to see this. You can't have a right spirit within you until you have a clean heart within you. When you clean out your heart, you get a right spirit. Some people feel you're so frustrated and you're so, like, there's, there's just this angst up inside of you. And there's just, well, sometimes that's because you have not sat before God and gotten yourself a clean heart. When you get a clean heart, you're going to find a right spirit. The reason you don't have a right spirit is because instead of confessing things to God, you're trying to hide things from God. Hey, God sees it already, everybody. And here you're trying to hide it, pretend, and you're getting before God, or maybe you don't even want to go pray because God, you know, he sees the thing, you don't want to deal with the thing, and so now you're hiding the thing, and you're justifying the thing, and you're, right? And, and, and you're covering up the thing, and, and you're, you're pretending to be okay to everybody else, but the reality is you got stuff that is messing with you all up inside of you. And God says, listen, I want you to get before me and let's get that stuff out of you. Let's, let's confess that stuff. You know what confession is? It's just you agreeing with God. It's going, God, you're right. You said it was wrong in your word and you're right, it's wrong. God, I confess it. I, I want to turn from it. And do you know what happens when you confess your sin to God? The Bible says in 1 John that when we confess our sins to God, that he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. Come on, somebody. Amen? Like when I confess, here's what Scripture's saying. God's going, I am more willing to clean you and forgive you than you are even to admit you're wrong. The moment you admit that you're wrong is the moment, come on, I can't wait to forgive you. I'm more willing to cleanse you than you are even to admit that you're dirty. There's something wrong. So God just says, come before me, confess your sins, and I will be faithful just to forgive your sins, cleanse you of all righteousness. Do you know what else happens when you spend that time before God? Just going, Lord, here it is. I, I messed up again. I, you know what else happens? It says this, repent then, turn to God, so that your sins might be wiped out, and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. God wants to refresh you. He's like, you're so afraid of repentance. And God's going, but if you get to the other side of repentance, you're going to be refreshed. Look at me. Live refreshed. Just live refreshed. How? Just stay in this place of humility before God. Stay in this posture of repentance before God. Just going, God, I just, King David prayed this. Lord, search me and try me and see if there's any wicked way in me. It's in the Psalms. You're going, David, what are you doing? That's a dangerous prayer. David's like, it's the most refreshing prayer. He's getting before God and he's saying, Lord, just show me. God, is there anything in my life that's out of alignment? Someone say alignment. 
God, is there anything in my life that's not aligned with your word, not aligned with your heart? God, show me if there's anything in, in my thinking that doesn't belong. God, I mean, my speech that shouldn't be there. God, show me if there's anything in my activity that, that shouldn't be happening. God, just show me. God, just align me. David's literally going, God, search me. Would you just show me? I don't want anything in me that doesn't belong in me. I don't want anything in me that doesn't bring you honor and glory. Did you remember the, the, the kids at the beach? Remember you? When you were a child at the beach playing with those little sifters, maybe you grab the sand and you go, and then you sift the sand, you grab the sand, pack of cigarettes, okay. <laughs> Some more trash, okay. Like, and I think that we just need to get before God. Listen, this is what we do. We're getting into his presence and then we're going, God, just, would you just show me? God, if, if, run your fingers through my life and God, if there's anything, would you just point at it? Would you just show me? And as God brings up things, attitudes and thoughts, and, and he, he brings up like just little, little adjustments that you need to be made, you go, okay, God, I'm sorry, help me. God, forgive me. God, show me. God, God, wash. God, would you fix that in me? God, would you give me the strength to overcome that? God, would you, God, just confess it to you. God, receive your forgiveness. But I just want your strength to not have to go back there again. God, would you help me? You see, it's this time of, of refreshing. And here's what I think. Matter of fact, here's what I know is if you spent some more time letting God adjust you, come on, somebody, you would spend less time having to go to the operating room every now and then. If you let God adjust you from time to time, you wouldn't have to go into as many operations. You see, some of you are like every five months or six months or every three years, it's just like, oh, I hate the bone bones. All right, we're in in full-on major surgery that could have been avoided if you just daily let God go, hey, let's just adjust that. And let's fix that, right? So I just need to get in God's presence. And, and as I'm in God's presence, I'm, I'm letting, him, letting him speak to me. I'm letting him, letting him show me. I'm, I'm returning home. Remember the prodigal son returned home. When we came home, his father ran out to meet him. He couldn't wait to see him. He couldn't wait to embrace him. And I just think we need to not allow ourselves to become prodigals who never run home. We need to let ourselves be those who are constantly running home, constantly turning to him. Come on, church, amen. We, we run home all the time. So I get into his presence, and I, I spend some time repenting. And then, let me help you with this one. We're just gonna ask God. P-R-A, ask, ask, ask. I love the fact. I love the fact that God invites us to ask. I think some people are, are ashamed to ask. They don't wanna ask. But God is inviting you to ask. He's asking you to ask. He's asking you to come and bring, well, listen to what Philippians says. Philippians says this, be anxious for nothing, but in everything in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to me. God says, bring me your request. I, I, I wanna hear what it is you would, what it is you need done. I wanna hear what your, your, your desires, I wanna hear about those things. And don't be ashamed to, Ask. Asking actually puts you into a place of, of dependency on God. You see, I actually think this. Let me say this to you. For those of you who are like, I don't like to ask. What you're saying when you don't ask is you're saying, God, I got this. Be careful. See, if I'm, not, if I'm not asking God for it, if I'm not pursuing God in it, then what I'm saying to God is, God, I got this. I, I don't need you in this. I, I don't need to ask. You see, because I'm, I'm, I'm fine. God, I can figure out how to raise the kids. God, I can figure out where my, where my meals are coming from. God, I can figure out how to work the finance thing out. God, God I got this. And I think if you're, if you're not careful, God's going to go, okay, let's watch just how well you got this. And here's what I know is that eventually you're going to be back here going, asking God. 
I actually don't got this. You see? So just ask. Well, what do we, what do we ask for? What, what does that look like? Well, I love this. When Jesus taught his disciples to pray, he said this. He said, ask this. He said, give us this day. Do you remember this? In the book of Matthew 6, give us this day our daily what? Bread. Bread. Like, think about this. You're before the creator of heaven and earth. And he says, the first thing I want you to ask for when you get before me, you go, bread. Why bread? Bread is the basic building blocks of life. And what, what Jesus is saying, he said, I want you to learn before God just, just everything, everything, in everything your dependency is upon him. God, I need you for my bread. I need you for the basic necessities. God, I need you for the small things. And I think it's so important because I, I think some of us are like, nothing's too big for God. You believe it? Amen. But the other side of that's true is nothing's too small for God. And so God says, don't be afraid to bring me the small things. Let's start there. I remember with my, my kids, we'd be trying to find a parking spot at, at a store somewhere, and you can't. It's getting frustrating. It's holiday season, and Tate and I are in the front starting to get all unhinged. Like she's just like, man, if you would have taken that spot, you could have followed those people, and you're driving slow, but I'm trying not to hit anybody, babe. I'm trying, and all this is going on, and trying to find a parking spot. And our kid, one of the kids always in the back would go, um, God, God, we ask you to help us find a parking spot. I'm like, oh. and sure enough, reverse lights go on. Couple comes walking by. To, I think God teaches them at a young age, just ask for everything. Start with the small. Start with the basic. Why? Because you have got to realize that you are deeply dependent upon God for everything. I am not going to dare for one moment think that I got this because I don't. God, I need you even in just the bread that's going to be put on my table today. God, I, I realize that what I have is from you. You see, God, give me the bread. And so what is it for you? What's the bread for you? What is the, maybe the thing that maybe you haven't prayed about that you feel like maybe it's a small thing? Maybe it's the strength you need just to get up and go another day. And that might not seem like some big thing you should be praying about, but I'm telling you, if you don't have the strength to get through another day, start there. God, would you just give me the strength to get out and to push through? God, would you, would you give me the strength to make, make good decisions? God, would you give me the patience? Come on, the patience I need. You're coming home from work. It's been a hard day at work. You're on your way home, and you know that you got screaming kids and a, and a messed up home that they just tore apart. And you got to walk into it and you're going, God, give me, give me the patience and give me the grace to walk into that environment and to love on those kids. You, you start with the bread. You see the basics. But I want you to hear this too. You got to not only pray for the bread, but you got to go beyond. See, what Ephesians says is this. Now unto him who's able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we could ever ask or think or imagine. According to the power that is at work where? In us. See, I start at the bread, but if we're going to ask, let's ask beyond as well. What, what Scripture's doing here is going, hey, everybody, you serve a God who could do above all you could imagine. So here's what God's doing is he's going, hey, what do you imagine for your family? What, what, give me your biggest dream for your kids. Give me your biggest dream for your future. Give it to me, God says, give it to me. And then he goes, oh, that's cute. 
Because I can actually do exceedingly and abundantly above what it is you're bringing. So we pray in context to who he is and, and we just bring these audacious prayers before God. Come on, I, I wanna encourage you. If you don't have any prayers on your prayer list that are God-sized prayers, that are beyond prayers, you need to get some there. I'm talking about the kind of prayers that when God brings it about, there's no other way to, 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 to lay claim, like who did it? You can't be like, oh, they did it. Like you need the kind of prayers that when God shows up, everyone goes, only God. Only, only God could have healed that marriage. Only God could have brought that kind of provision. Only God could have opened up that opportunity. Only God could. God says, come on, come on. Just, just dream a little bit and just ask me. I just get yourself in that place of faith where you're like, God can do this. I pray those kind of prayers over our church all the time. Like, God, just move in such, God, would you move in such a way? Would you draw people to yourself through Citizens Church? Would you, would you let people see how magnificent you are through the people of this place and the preaching of your word, that the movement of God would be so powerful and palatable that it'll, that it'll overflow the banks of any facility we can find. It'll just overflow. God, would you touch the nation through our church? God, while we live and breathe, we want to live and breathe for you and see you do beyond. And I pray that over my church, over, over our church all the time. And I want to invite you to pray those kinds of prayers. So find your time, find your place, get into his presence. Come on, get, spend some time getting right before God and repenting before, and just ask. He tells you to. P-R-A. I told you I'd make it simple. Why? Why? Last one, this worship team comes up. This is yield. Yield. You know what it means to yield, right? It means you go first. It, it, it means to give way. This is where in prayer, before I get out of my prayer closet, my, my intentional time with God, this is where I'm just going, okay, God, as I go from here, I just want you to know I'm yielding. It's not Jesus in the garden of Gethsemane. It's not my will, but your will be done. It's that posture we talked about last week. Just on our knees like, God, it's all you. So here's where you're realizing that this is so much bigger than you, that this is not about you. Matter of fact, when Jesus taught his disciples to pray at the end of that, to close out their time in prayer, this is what Jesus said. Pray this. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever, amen. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Yours is the glory. You see, God, it's, it's your kingdom this is what this is all about. God, I'm not building my kingdom. This isn't about, this isn't about my thing. God, it's your kingdom. I, I'm, a, I'm a citizen of heaven. That's a good name for a church, everybody. I'm a citizen of heaven. I'm, God, it's... This isn't about the kingdom of this world. I'm not living for this king. God, I'm, I'm leaving this moment, walking through the day. I'm going to walk with you. But as I go with you, I'm, I, I just, God, I, I realize that it's all about you. So it's your kingdom. Yours is the kingdom. Yours is the power. Oh, isn't that beautiful? So as I go out from this moment, God, I, I realize that I'm not generating the power to do what needs to be done. God, I ask you to give me the power. It's all about, I'm yielding to your power. I'm yielding to your strength. God, God nothing I brought to you today is, is like worrying you. I didn't say anything to you and you went, oh, that's too big. 
Nothing I said to you today has got you on edge, God. You're, you're, none of it's hard for you. And I thank you that it's by your power that those things are accomplished and not mine. And then it says it's the glory forever, his glory forever, his glory. Listen, his glory. It's his glory. It's like the chief aim and goal of my life is to magnify God. And Lord, as I move from this place, I, I want to magnify you. Listen how powerful this is. When you look through a telescope at the moon, you ever done that before? Come on, let me see. Look through the telescope, it's really cool. And, and the moon just, it is made big. It's magnified. The moon is big, everybody. But it's so far, you just can't tell how big it really is. That telescope is just making big that which is already big. It's bringing into fuller view that which already exists. It brings into fuller view the reality of what already is. And here's what we're saying in this last part as we leave. It's like, God, I, I just want to live my life in a way that, God, it's about your glory. It's about your magnification. And so, God, through my life today, would you show off a little bit today? God, through my life today, I want to live in a way where people can see how good you are, where people can see how big you are, where people can see how great you are and how loving you are and how merciful you are. And so, God, I'm going to be I'm going to be loving to others today because you're loving to others. God, I'm going to forgive others today because you forgive others. God, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live in a way that sacrifices for others because you sacrifice for me. God, I just want to bring into view for others the magnificence of who you are. And here's the power of that. God loves it. God loves it. And he'll start to show off in your life. Because you're going, God, I want to bring you glory. And God goes, all right, let me show off through the life that says it's all about you. Surrender, surrender, surrender. Find your time. Find your place. Come on, experience the power of prayer. Getting into his presence. Repenting, getting right with God. Asking and bringing your supplications and then just yielding your life in surrender. Pray. Praise, repent, ask, yield. Come on. When you walk in that kind of prayer, you'll walk in his kind of power. When you walk as a person of prayer, you'll walk as a person who's experiencing God's power in your life. And I want to invite you there. Come on, church. Amen. Like, let's go. Amen, church. Come on. Like, God is inviting you. And I just say, yes. So, Father, we, as a congregation, God, and as individuals, Lord, we bring ourselves to you and we declare that we are desperate for you. So God, would you help us? God, I think that some of us in here today, it's been a long time since we've actually spent time with you and God, we just want to say, Lord, we're sorry, would you help us? That we're going to commit today to every day get into your presence. We thank you that you invite us. Lord, we hear you. You say, seek my face. God, we answer your face, Lord, I will seek. And Lord, ultimately, all of us, we want to live in a place of surrender. 
this place where our lives are bringing you most glory. That's such a freeing place to live. And, and God, we ask you to help us get there. So God, if there's anything in us that doesn't align with what you want, would you identify those things right now? Just show us, Lord. We want to confess them to you. We want to bring them to you. We want to live in a place of surrender. Now listen, I realize there's some of you in here today that you've, you've never surrendered your life to Jesus. You've never come to this place. I'm going to give you the opportunity right now to do that before we leave. The Bible says that we've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, all of us. The wages of that sin is death. In other words, it's a separation. It's a spiritual death. It's a separation from God in the here and now. And it's one that will last for all eternity if it's not dealt with in the here and now. Some of you are, came in here today and you're, you're stuck in that place of separation. And God says, come on, enough's enough. It's time. It's time to come home. It's time to be forgiven and washed and cleansed. It's, it's time to experience what it's like to walk with God. Come on, you've been out there trying to walk on your own. Do it on your own. God says, come home. And if that's you today, I just want to lead you in a word of prayer. Come on, I'll give you the words. Prayer is talking with God. You just have a conversation with God right now where we do this. You, you surrender. You Come on, we talked about the word repent. You, you're just going to turn to him right now. And when you do, forgive your sins, cleanse you of all unrighteousness, and bring times of refreshing into your life. Anchor you in heaven, fill you with the spirit, and give you the strength to walk in all that he has for your life. If that is you right now, I'm going to ask you just to have this conversation with God. Here's what you say. Come on, tell him. Say, God, I thank you that you love me right where I am. But I pray that, God, you would move me forward. Lord, I, I ask you to forgive me today. I thank you, Jesus, you went to the cross on my behalf. You gave your life in my place. And, and I ask today that you would wash me of all the things that are not of you in my life. And I thank you, Jesus, for rising again from the grave to lead me into life. God, would you fill me with your spirit? Would you help me to walk with you all the days of my life? I surrender to you now. Be my Lord and be my Savior. In Jesus' name I pray. And everyone agreed together and said a good hearty. Come on, church. Amen. Amen. Can we celebrate with all those that made that decision today? Thanks for joining us for today's message from Citizens Church. It's our prayer that through this message, God would impact and inspire your life. If you have any questions for us or would like to let us know how God is using these messages in your life, please let us know by sending an email to connect at citizenschurch.org. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so online and help in seeing more lives changed through the work here at Citizens Church. Thank you so much for joining us.